Hello and welcome to the second 2023 episode of One Chance, the podcast where we try and capture the experience of listening to a record in its entirety for the first time. Each week, Sean and I, independently of each other, sit down and listen to a record that neither of us has heard before in its entirety. We then get together on this podcast and share our experience of what listening to that record was like, hoping to um, tilt you one way or the other in deciding whether or not to go out and listen to it. Sean, um, how can people support the podcast? Yeah, morning, Will. I say morning. No one else knows it's morning. They do now. Um, so <laughs> the, before we sort of get into the the where to support, um, we've decided to update our release schedule. So rather than Friday mornings, the episodes will now be coming out uh, on Monday, probably the same time, early morning UK time, but Mondays instead of Fridays now, um, for no real reason other than we wanted to. Um, but yeah, if if you do like listening along to the podcast, then the main thing you can do to support us is to uh, share episodes of your friends, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice, and leave us a review on there as well. Um, we say every week we're going to try and do more of social media and pushing the podcast out. We will eventually get around to actually doing that and not just talking about it. But yeah, if you if you do have social media, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah, I feel like every week we say that and then life gets in the way. But one of these days, one of these days, we will do it. Um, yeah, good morning, Sean. And those of you that have, as I say this every week, have had the misfortune of listening to the podcast before, will know that this is the part of the programme where we introduce our musical tastes. But rather than telling you ourselves what we like to listen to, we introduce each other's musical tastes through a, a series of, I would say increasingly laboured metaphors and analogies but one week we're going to run out of them but it hasn't happened yet Sean is it your turn or my turn to go first I think it's me to go first I think you've done a few first but yeah so it's me this week fantastic why don't you go ahead so I would describe Will's music taste as showing up to an unknown unnamed arts festival and walking into random stages and being like, this is fascinating and interesting. And then you go into the next room and it's just a guy stroking a dead pigeon for an hour. That That's, yeah, very varied and uh, sometimes a little bit spooky. <laughs> varied and sometimes a little bit spooky. I'll take that as a strap line, just for me in general. Um, I would describe Sean's musical taste as a bit like being taken for a joyride in a go-kart by an F1 driver. Um, it's the kind of music that accelerates from 0 to 60 in about two seconds and sort of throws you about a bit. Um, uh, and it, it is a kind of thrilling, mildly terrifying listening experience. Yeah, I would say thrilling and mildly terrifying describes me as a person pretty well. <laughs> yeah, certainly don't want to uh, get on the wrong side of you. Um, so... That is those um, pleasantries out of the way. Sean, what is the record that we have been listening to this week and that we're shortly about to talk about? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the 13th studio album by long-serving American punks Anti-Flag. Originally forming in 1988 but failing to solidify a lineup, the band broke up before reforming in 1992, the same year they released a 17-track demo record. Over the next 30 years, Anti-Flag toured relentlessly, releasing album after album of hard-hitting political punk, 
earning them a dedicated fan base alongside a lot of criticism from mainstream media and music stores for what was labelled as anti-American attitude. During the pandemic, Anti-Flag were forced to break from their regular touring schedule and wrote and recorded their 13th album. So today, we give our one chance review of Lies They Tell Our Children by Anti-Flag. Fantastic. It feels very old school to have been listening to an anti-flag record. I think I first, I was kind of aware of them from the sort of mid-noughties. I think the first time I saw them live must have been Reading 2006 or 2007, something like that, so almost 20 years ago. And that's not even at the very beginning of you know when they were together or releasing records. So they, they do feel like one of those bands that have been around for forever. Um and so it was quite. It was. It felt quite funny in sort of early 2023 to be hitting play on one of their records. I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised, um, in a good way. Not necessarily by the music. I mean, I think at this stage, if you if you if you've ever heard an anti-flag record before, you pretty much know what you're going to get with a new anti-flag record. I think even if you've never heard them, when you've heard them talking about us talking about them for a bit, you'll have a, a relatively good understanding of what to expect from an anti-flag record. So it wasn't necessarily that it took loads of incredibly surprising musical turns. Um, I think what was surprising was that they they managed to find some sort of new life in those old sort of tropes. And they just feel, for the most part, we'll talk about the opening song in a bit, but for the most part, it feel they feel like energised and 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 kind of driven and it doesn't feel like the record made by a band that far into their career what was your kind of initial response to it sean uh very very similar i thought when i when i sort of looked and was like cool 30 34 35 years this band have been together and actually like you say it's not it's nothing groundbreaking it's nothing like miraculously new but it does sound sort of fresh and relevant and for a band to to put out a record that feels like that, like in their the fourth decade of their career, is was was a really nice turn. Um, my main thing was I think we will talk about this further, but the the use of lots of different um, like guest vocalists and and people on this record made it feel really, really like unified and and gave all the songs their own unique taste. Whereas like we said, like Anti Flag. Do have a have a style and a style that's worked for them for thirteen albums, but adding in lots and lots of guest spots has, I think, re-energized some of those tracks. But yeah, very pleasantly surprised. Very glad to be back on track with a good record, um, and a nice one to to sit down and chat about on a Saturday morning as we record. Yeah, definitely. Um, was there a standout track for you? What was my favorite track? So I re- I liked pretty much everything on this record. I liked the fight of our lives, and I liked laugh, cry, smile, die. But that might be a little bit biased because I really like the guy from Silverstein who features on that. Let me just double check. Was there one that stood out for you? Well, I mean, I loved. I mean, I have, it's funny you mentioned the guest vocalist thing because I think you're absolutely right. I think these songs, whilst broadly being within the same kind of palette, 
all have a little bit of their own flavor and that's partially because of who they're working with um and it was a bit of a who's who of like oh bands i absolutely loved when it was in my like late teens and early 20s and in some cases haven't listened to a huge amount since so that was quite a funny um experience i thought fight of our lives was brilliant it had the got one of the guys from rise against and one of the guys from bad religion in it and uh it kind of sounds a little bit at one point like it could be a rise against or a bad religion song. It's got like later bad religion after they became a bit more sort of melodic and poppy and less like a hardcore band. But it has that kind of like, like both those bands, that super up tempo, really melodic um, kind of punk sound to it. Um, I thought that was brilliant. And again, we talked about that sort of sense of urgency and, and drive that they seem to have on the record and that song particularly it didn't sound like a bunch of people going through the motions of being a political band. It sounded it sounded like a bunch of guys genuinely sort of believing what they were singing about. I think there's a real danger with political bands, the older they get, the sort of the more it can seem like they're almost cosplaying as sort of in a role rather than genuinely living and believing that. But I think, I don't know, it, for me, it felt like a really urgent song. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that carries across the record, doesn't it? Like, it all felt very, very genuine and like that's one of the things that, that have kept anti-flag around so long is that they've never fallen into that, oh, you're just saying political shit for the f- sake of saying it. Like it's always felt like they, they stand behind what they say. Um, yeah. Victory or Death is my favourite track. Um, that's interesting. The one with the guy, guy called Campino. Oh, sorry, yeah. The reason that I was going interesting was because I wasn't actually looking at the track listing when I was listening to this. I've got to be honest, I, was, I listened to this all on a run. And uh, and so obviously just had it in my headphones. I thought that song was called Gave Them Hell, but now I'm looking at the oh, uh, yeah. at the track listing and it's called Victory or Death, We Gave Them Hell. Yeah, I absolutely love that. It started and I was like, oh, this is quite different from the rest of the record. Mm. Uh, I thought maybe I would got to the end of the record and it put something else on. It sounded almost a bit like it was a Dropkick Murphys tune or something. Mm. It had that sort of... Um, like a folk punk kind of feel and tempo to it but it yeah. was incredibly effective it was a really route like like i said i was listening to it on a run and i was like really like it really got my my sort of chest going it's a really rousing like battle cry kind of it's big festival vibes like yeah that's it. i can imagine that one going off yeah um and it was interesting because of all the features it was the guy I'd never heard of. So I actually, when we looked at it last week and I flicked through, I thought it said Gambino. And I was like, oh, they've got like a a childish Gambino verse on one of their tracks. That's an interesting uh, take. <laughs> I'd but love like, to see that. Like, you know, when you're like on a on a thought, actually, like he makes quite politically charged rap. Like, yeah, I could well see them actually working together. Uh, it wasn't. It was someone called Campino who I've never heard of and don't know what they do. But yeah, I think it was one of my one of my standout tracks on the record for sure. I think from what I was looking at, they're in a German punk band okay. who I have not heard of before called De Totenhosen. But and apologies yeah. to any of our any if we if we happen to have any German listeners for how I've absolutely almost certainly butchered the pronunciation of those words, but there we go. <sighs> It's worth a try. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, um, I say the campaign on aside, a very good track. Um, not him aside, he like he, I think it's he, um, was fine on the track. I just don't know, don't know them. Um, but yeah, that I think that was my standout. That was, 
I say like it, like you say, it sort of was like a real uplifting moment and like not poppy, but like had a bit more of like a oomph to it than than some of the others, which were more sort of classical punk, which is not its own genre. There's not pianos and harps and stuff. Again, I'd love to see that baroque punk. <laughs> Um, no, I know what you mean. It was like it was a slightly slower tempo. Like the other ones are all quite. Most of the other songs are quite sort of breakneck speed. Whereas that had that slower tempo. It had almost the sort of like martial kind of military sounding drum sort of pattern in it. Um, it was a real sort of backs to the wall anthem. Yeah, I imagine that being huge at a festival. They're a great festival band actually because they're one of those ones that really get people on side. myself there sorry um yeah yeah they are they've and they i'd actually forgotten they did a festival in my hometown when i was about 21 22 they played standard no 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 they did a fe- their own festival called anti-fest at uh, university of hertfordshire that is uh, today's incredibly surprising but very pleasing discovery yeah i saw it and was like like i didn't go i didn't go to the festival i didn't know it was happening at the time but i was um, doing my little bit of research and I it said like oh they organized a festival at the University of Hertfordshire and I was like oh must be like because there's a Hartford Connecticut in America I was like it must be there and clicked and was like oh no Hatfield 10 minutes down the road from where my my family are excellent nice who yeah. else played I don't I'm, know. I'm intrigued by this I feel like we've got to go down the rabbit hole at some point I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated by why they ended up organizing their own festival there and yeah. not in their hometown or country no i think it was the festival that they did that and then slam dunk started the next year in the same location oh is it the forum yeah uh, okay yeah um anyway back on track but yeah um so they've i think they've always been like a festival band like that sort of they're, they're this sounds really cheesy um like a like a band of the people like they write their music for like the common people for for like for us, for normal people, for people that are pissed off with the government and pissed off with billionaires and all of that sort of stuff. So I think they always work well playing to a crowd. Yeah. Um, especially if that crowd's had a few beers and are <laughs> ready to get involved in a bit of shouting. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I was just thinking as we were talking about this and we were talking about the guest vocalist and how it really works well and how often the sound of the guest vocalists like hues the songs a little bit towards the songs those people have come from. And then I realised the second track on the record, which is like one of my favourites, uh, Modern Meta Medicine or whatever it's called, but it's one of the more sort of pop-punky moments on the record, but it's got the guy from Killswitch Engage. So like it, that one doesn't sort of err towards the Killswitch Engage sound at all. If anything, it's like poppier than some of the other moments on the record. It's quite a sort of sugary little up-tempo pop-punk number. But I, th- I loved that as well. Um, we've talked a little bit about the their kind of punk ethos and their view. I think it's, you can't discuss an anti-flag record without talking about the lyrical focus. And it's a pretty consistent, like this is an angry angry record about the state of the world it's very much an us and them there's lots of songs that talk about they and they is this sort of you know it's, whether it's corrupt governments or, or or as you mentioned already like billionaires or whatever there's there's very much like an us and a them and a railing against them and i find sometimes on records 
if the quality of the songwriting isn't good enough, you're just a bit like this is 45 minutes of propaganda set to music and it's not really working. Like it's a bit like being lectured and, you know, if I wanted to be lectured, I'd go to a lecture, I'd go to a political meeting or whatever. For me, I thought that the quality of the songwriting, the melodies are great, the choruses are huge, stopped it feeling like just being bashed over the head with with with, with that stuff and, and, it, and it kind of worked. What was your experience of that? The same. Um, I think it's why Anti-Flag have been able to write political music for so long without becoming boring is that the songs are interesting and actually if you weren't paying attention you had them on as background noise they're still good songs like they're not just like the, the benefit of the songwriting is not just the political lecture it's it's that they're good songs um yeah i say it i did see somewhere that like so anti flag had said this is their first ever concept album um and then i so i always look at the kerrang review because i'm like trying to replicate when i used to buy cds when i was like 12 and what i would do is i'd buy the album and read the kerrang review so each week i do that as well uh if if kerrang have done a review of it but for this one they said it was a concept album and the concept must have been if you're the dog in the meme of the house on fire saying everything's fine and i was like oh yeah that that feels uh incredibly accurate like like the concept being all these like billionaires and politicians have just continued to metaphorically fuck us like um yeah i i i thought the political content was 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 super relevant and interesting it wasn't just a like rant it was all it was clever it was it was not funny but like it had like a note of dark humor to it it wasn't just like Oh, everything's shit. The world's shit. We're gonna die. Um, I did like on modern meta medicine that like old school punk throwback to just opening with one, two, fuck you. Like that's yeah. like I cannot count the number of underground shows I've been to where that's been the sound check or unnamed punk band from the early noughties with only three songs on an EP and aren't ever gonna do anything more open with one two fuck you on one of their songs like it's just such a classic punk like cliche at this point yeah i just fucking love it like it never never gets old for me no um yeah it feels it feel it does i think that idea of relevance is really interesting i remember when i first started getting into music like this when you're sort of 15 or 16 you know i'm i'm pretty fortunate i i i i grew up very comfortably sort of middle class um and so you kind of understand you you, you understand on like an intellectual level what they're singing about but it's, it wasn't something you know a lot of the stuff they're talking about it's not something that had ever directly affected me so you kind of you understand this political stuff in a very um on like an intellectual kind of level rather than a a, a real like experiential kind of level and people are supposed to become more right-wing as they get older they're supposed to become you know you're supposed to as you like get a job and accrue capital and all this kind of stuff you're essentially supposed to become more conservative and forget everyone else blah blah and i think if anything part probably because of the the working in the public sector and doing the sort of job that i do if anything i've gone further to the left and to the right and a lot of the political stuff that's being sung about on this 
feels weirdly more relevant to 34 year old me than it did to 16 year old me um and so actually i felt way more tied into to the lyrical content a lot more of it sort of chimed in, in a way with me now than it did sort of nigh on 20 years ago when i when i was first listening to them and to and, and to stuff like that so yeah I, it, it felt very of the day without being i think sometimes when people try to be like topical it can be feel a bit ham-fisted like there, there, there's you're trying to shoehorn in very specific references to things and it just feels a little bit forced whereas it wasn't that but it was it's clearly capturing the sort of moods and the frustrations of and i think also as well just with the state of things not just in like one country but in so many countries actually gone is the like it is serious we are in this genuinely existential struggle over like what do you want a country to be about what what kind of values do you want it to have who do you want it to care for certain groups of people or for them to essentially be written off and so where I might have even 10 years ago looked at uh, this record and gone, oh yeah, it's great. It's anthemic. It's really catchy. Some of their stuff's a bit forced and a bit OTT. You're like, actually, no, like I, I think it is a totally reasonable response to the state of where thing, where, where we are at the moment. Yeah. It's, I say it's very, very apparent that more people are able to relate to anti-flag now than I think ever, because like the wage gap is ridiculous. Um, like like during the pandemic when this was recorded more and more people were becoming richer and richer well no in fact not more and more people the same few people were getting richer and richer while more and more people were becoming poorer and poorer and i think people that before all of this sort of happened would have said they were comfortable and now saying shall i turn the heating on like shall i just go and buy another jumper and i think that that allows it to to engage with more people and to become like you say like more relevant and i think like an interesting thing you said about like as you get older you're meant to become more right-wing because you should like lean towards those views i think that sort of those days are dead because like working hard and growing up doesn't now necessarily mean you're gonna have more and if that you do have more it's not going to be worth as much and so people are working hard and still remaining disenfranchised and yeah I, I fucking love listening to this man. I Yeah. I'm as I'm thinking about it, you know that modern meta medicine? Yeah. Is that all about like Facebook and social media and all that kind of stuff? And like because they're all part of that meta group, aren't they? And oh, like, as yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, like feed us the medicine, all this kind of stuff. Is it talking I wonder I mean, God knows, I've only listened to it once, but I'm just I'm just thinking Is yeah. it about that? I've just opened the lyrics so I can have a look. So it's interesting. So like, yeah. It says self-serve, it's all you can eat. Like, how do we pay? We're the commodity. Like, yeah, yeah I think you're right. I think it is. It's about, like, social media and, like, it, like saying it's an all-you-can-eat buffet of, like, information and content. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a good spot. Um, yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think a lot of the things with some of their songs is that actually... It could be Facebook. It could be like a direct look at like, like the the drug culture in America and in the rest of the world of just throw pills at problems. Um, yeah, like the pre-chorus is every dime spared from the war fund another pill for us to choke on. 
Very interesting. I mean, I could could have definitely gone down like a total nonsense rabbit hole with that, but I love a good theory. Yeah. I'm interested to listen to again now with that in that in mind and see what it what it sounds like um right let's do this slightly differently than we do some weeks what what for you is your favorite feature on the record what do you think either added the most or just was the most enjoyable and like did it surprise you did you know the person before i think what i really liked and it's not one specific same moment so much as like a repeated feature of this record is that it does keep you guessing like each song comes on and even if you sort of looked down the track list, which you didn't because I was running, and saw who's guesting on it, who's not, because a few of the tracks don't have guests on, um, I don't think you'd always be able to guess what that song's going to sound like. And, like, if you take even just the first, like, four tracks, they they, they, they just do enough. Like, the first track, I and mean, we'll maybe get on to talking about that in a minute, which I think is the one, like, false note on the record for me. It's the one song that I don't think works so well. But you have that, and then you jump into these two quite sort of pop-punky kind of tracks. Um, and I think it was, is it track three that's got that kind of, it's got, like, two voices at the beginning. It's 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 got two voices almost kind of either harmonising or, or, or sort of tracked and singing the, the same sort of melody together but it was just this really interesting like melodic way that was very different and like i said it's all still within this broad kind of punk palette that they're working but they just they do enough that there's little things like that so like the, that sort of the harmonies of the voices there work really nicely the way that they shift it up on um victory or death with with that kind of folk punk kind of sound they just there's lit there's little things there's little shifts that they do that just keep each song fresh and stop it being otherwise there is a risk that this is a song you're like oh here's another fast one that's about capitalism and how the world's fucked and actually they just they play and they play around like it's a it's as much as I said it wasn't the sound of a band that's this far into their career, it is as well because it's a band that's confident enough to recognise that just change tweaking a little bit has a massive effect. You don't need to chuck everything out. You can change a little bit and keep it really fresh and are confident enough to bring those vocalists from other bands in and bring a bit of their DNA of those other bands into the song as well. And so for me, that I think is the record's strongest feature is that they're both confident in their own sound, but also genuinely collaborative as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, it doesn't, they don't feel as much like features as they do like song collaborations, like, mm. which makes them work really well. Um, yeah, I agree. I was going to be like, oh, I think this is my favourite single moment. But actually, it is. In fact, I am going to do that. I don't care. I've decided I am. Um, I it so and it's because it caught me off guard. How like so? It's the uh, I think it's called imperialism. Yeah, with uh, Ashrita Kumar of Pink Shift, and it's Pink Shift, not a band I've really listened to. Wasn't... I've never even heard of them, but I'm like now I I want to go after hearing their feature on that. I'm like, I really want to go and check them out. Yeah, that was that was the one that I was like, okay, this is different. Um, not what I was expecting, and uh, I'm just looking to make sure. So, she, uh, the the vocalist Ashrita is a is is a she. Um, she like really brought her own her own voice to the track and it was a really nice contrast because like yes all the songs had 
all the like lots of the songs had guest vocals, but like the guy from Killswitch, the guy from Silverstein, uh, like Bad Religion and um, my God, Rise Against, like those first few features, you're like, these are more of the sort of now aging white punks, which there's nothing wrong with that, but she was the first real note of like something really different. She was the moment you were like, oh, they haven't just got their like their buddies that they've toured with in to do guest spot spots. They've got like new up and coming like like vocalists and and people who give a shit and write music that they give a shit in, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, it might be a position on the album bias. It might be just that it caught me the most off guard. But for whatever reason, that was the for me that was the um the feature that just worked the best i thought it was super super effectively done added a really nice variance to the to the record and to the track and yeah good song all good songs um yeah it's funny that imperialism i thought when it started i was like oh i'm not sure about this it sounded a bit too close to what was that dreadful ting ting song um that's not my name Oh, it's good like yeah i was like oh no this is a bit unwelcome and then the guitars kick in and and you're like oh okay i can get and it ends up being this quite like aggy kind of straight up punk kind of rattler and, but then her voice comes in and it's really melodic and huge and it's like first female voice we get on the record it shifts things up really nicely and it ended up being a more interesting song than i thought it was going to be yeah, I, I sort of listened to it and thought it was so close to that Ting Ting song at the start that actually I wonder if that was like intentional, like comment on like consumer pop music or I'd like to know if Andy Flag have ever heard a fucking Ting Ting song. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I know I'm prone to a madcap theory, but I think you might have taken the biscuit with it in this yeah. episode. I could just imagine they've never heard that and someone's like, hey, you've ripped off the Ting Tings and they're like, what the fuck is a Ting Ting? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah um i say let's let's get into our 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 sort of regular segment of openers and closers um i know you've sort of alluded to the fact that you weren't enamored with the opening track i actually really liked it in a i feel like it set up the record not necessarily musically but it it sort of told you exactly what you were getting it was this is a record about how the proverbial they have fucked us. And it's a bit more sort of slowed down and a bit more almost close to spoken word in parts. But I thought it opened the album well. I don't think if it was anywhere else on the record, it would have been worth putting in. I think it only works as an opener for this record. But I did actually enjoy it. And I did quite like that this was the most sort of for me it felt like the most deliberate track lyrically like uh is it the second verse or the third verse bit where it just says like fuck the pittsburgh police and the president like it's more a case of like do you know what we're just this is straight up what we're saying is shit whereas the rest of the record goes back into the like we'll be a bit more clever and a bit more thoughtful with it but as an opener it's just like this is still who we are this is still who what we stand for like fuck all these scummy people basically um yeah. but yeah keen to hear why why you thought it wasn't as successful a track i'd be interested to see what i 
what I think of it going back and listening to it a second time. Because I think you're right, in a way, it does set up the record and I could see why they included it there. It's much shorter, it's it's slower, it's a kind of, here's what this record's about. For me, it lacked all of the stuff that I thought was really great about the rest of the record. It felt less urgent. It felt, I pressed play on that and I was like, oh gosh, this maybe is going to be a sound of an old band going through the paces trying to do what they were doing younger, but without any of the fire. And then that was like from track two onwards, that feeling was totally flipped on its head. But that was the feeling I had going through that song. But I wonder if now having heard the rest of the, the album and and realising what kind of what they were trying to do, whether or not I'd have a different experience. But just for me, it lacked that urgency. It, it felt a bit stayed, a bit nothing in comparison to the rest of the stuff. But like I said, I will 100% be listening to this record in its entirety again. So when I do that, I will definitely be checking that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll be putting this back on as soon as we finish the podcast. I I really enjoyed this record. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is interesting. Like, it did, it did lack a lot of what the rest of the record was so strong or what made the rest of the record strong. But actually, that's why I say, like, I think it only works as the opener. If you put this anywhere else, it's like a like putting the brakes onto a really good record whereas i think as an opener you're like or for me at least i was like like i get what's coming next or didn't musically but i like i knew exactly what i was in for which you do with an anti-flag record anyway like they're (laughs) never making pop bops about like hanging out with their friends in the summer or any of that sort of stuff that i normally enjoy but yeah i think it just set up really well shall we grab a quick break there and then come and talk about sort of the closes and a few other little bits and pieces yeah sounds good all right hello and welcome back that was obviously just a moment for you guys slightly longer for me and sean and um, sean just before the break we were we talked about the opening track on the record and we were about to share our thoughts on the closing track only in my head how did you feel that and that worked as a kind of end to the record um i so this for me see i don't know where it'd be opposed to you i i didn't think it ended the album as well as I was hoping for. Um, like it was still a good song. It was still it still fit the album, but I didn't think it had that sort of album closing track. It didn't feel like it wrapped it up. It didn't feel like like it felt like there would still be one more song after, especially because of how the album started. Like, I mean, Antiflag were obviously very successful. They've been making music for 30 odd years. They are much more inclined to know how to write and create an album than me. But I was expecting a similar end to a beginning, like the fact they use that sort of slowed down, more um, obvious track at the start. I was expecting like a closer of the same. I was even sort of half expecting it to be the same song. So sold everything lyrically again, but in the style of the rest of the album, like to have repeated that song almost, but sped up and like, slightly varied in the lyrics slightly more um aggressive i don't know i don't quite know how to describe it about being here for ages and trying to go into it but like one of those things where you know where like bands repeat a track later on with a slightly different message it's more often done as like the verse and then the verse changes but that's sort of what i was expecting and i thought this was a, like it was a good song um it was another one without a feature 
um, which I think is the right way to finish a record like with this many yeah. features. I don't think closing your album out with someone else's is, is a great shout. But yeah, I just I could have done with one more song that was just more similar to the first song to close out. Um, but yeah, nothing wrong with it as a track, just wasn't one of my favorites and I didn't feel like it wrapped the record up for me. What did you think? Yeah, very similar. I think it's a very it's a decent, it's a good song, like probably one of my favorites on there as well. I think it finishes the record well in that it's in line with the rest of them. It's a good song. It, 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 what it doesn't do is have, it's not an ending as a such. Like it's not a boom, final statement or final note of optimism or rounding things off. It kind of, it's, you could swap this out for any number of other songs on the record. And, it, and you wouldn't be like, oh, that's weird. That's the big final song, but in the middle, or they've put one, like, it just it just kind of stops. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think lots of records kind of finish that way. And it, it, for me, it's not a bad ending. It's just, it. we've looked at some records re- recently where they've had that big, very clear kind of final thing. And I know we're both suckers for an album with the sort of bookends that, that, that work really well. But no, I, like, I, I liked it. Um, I think it's a very bar the opening track, and again, maybe I'll change my opinion on that um, when I go back and listen to it. Bar the opening track, I think it's a record basically with no filler. Um, yeah. Even 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 the songs like um, Imperialism, that when it started, I was like, "Ooh, not sure about this." Actually, do something interesting enough to justify yeah. your sort of listening experience. Yeah, agreed. And actually, like I really like Only in My Head as a as a track like it is actually one of the better tracks on the record and i think lyrically it's one of the most interesting like the whole point of the song is like him commenting on like saying oh like i can physically see like uh, like the opening verse has like they put monuments up to thieves but it's all in my head sort of thing like that sort of very american-centric right-wing political view of it's not like you're making it up you're just you're just a snowflake thinking about these things they're not real and the whole song is like things that are visibly there being told no it's only in my head like Mm. um but yeah i just yeah i don't want to make it sound like the song is not good i just didn't think it was a an effective album closer um again on a re-listen knowing it's the final track that might change i just expected one more because it is a very short record as well it's 11 tracks and i think it's like 30 minutes 32 minutes long so I'm I'm all about that. I think that I think that is a lesson that some bands like leave earlier in their careers could learn. This is not a record that overstays its welcome by even a second. No, not at all. And like I think that's why like that first track is only about ninety seconds. Chucking one more ninety second track on this wouldn't have made it feel arduous. Like there are some records that are eleven tracks long, and you're like, oh my god, I'm forty minutes in, and we've still got three tracks to go. <laughs> Yeah, but this is very. It's every song fits that sort of fast, but almost every song fits that fast pace. Like, like you said, urgent. It's the record is urgent. It's it's eleven tracks that are done in just over half an hour because they all have something to say and they don't drag out what they're saying. Yeah, um, but yeah, one more short ninety second closer there, I think would have made this a perfect record for me. Um, that is my my only criticism is that that wasn't the best closer, but yeah um well i think fairly clear to see that we both enjoyed this one um i don't think we've made any secrets that we'll be listening to it again uh were there any 
other sort of standout moments, standout tracks or like messages from the record that you wanted to discuss or I think I've I've definitely talked about all my favorite moments. I've talked about why I love this record. I think I definitely more than enjoyed this record. I really, you know, 2023 is is given all the surprises at the minute. Like this wasn't one that we looked down the release schedules and were like, wow, we've got to have that on the podcast. We're definitely going to love it. It was very much uh well, we'll keep it in reserve from the first week because it's things are looking a bit like quiet in the release schedule. Sorry, anti-flag. Um, it's certainly not intended as a slight on you guys, but yeah, that I I was really really pleasantly surprised by just how good that record was and just how much I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. And it feels like a very timely record, um, as well as just being a really well written one. Um, it's reminded me of some bands that I love that I need to go back and listen to. It's introduced me to a couple that I think, oh, I don't know your stuff at all. I'll definitely going, be going to check you out. And I think I just like that that sense of community that comes through both in terms of some of their lyrical focus and just the nature of an album that's got loads of co- collaborative pieces with people from other bands as well. And I think that sense of community really stood out for me as well and was something I loved about the record. Yeah, agreed. It was it was so good and it was like i said so refreshing to be on onto a record that we weren't necessarily excited for and after listening to it are excited about versus fireworks who really ruined my week <laughs> it was that bad i'm going back but i do i think it's interesting because this much like the wonder years record we did first we've actually almost had less to say about them because of how good they are like the really yeah. strong records you sort of go they're really strong records and you talk about the good bits but when then there's a more negative record you can talk for longer about all the things you didn't like whereas actually these the good records tend to be our shorter episodes for the most part until we get chatting at the end and carry on but like yeah i think it sort of shows how good a how good a record this is um i i'm literally going straight to the gym after we finish recording and we'll be listening to this there and i'm very excited about it yeah, I would say strong choice. I listened to this on a run and it certainly put, a pe- as I've mentioned probably too many times, it sounds like I'm just trying to be like, yeah, I'm a guy who runs, you know, I'm an athlete, I'm, I do exercise. Um, it was my one one piece of exercise this week, it should be said, and it, and I only went out for however long the record lasts for. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly um, uh, Paul no Radcliffe Farrah. or whatever. Oh, oh, God, very different for, vibes I've, there. I've I've reached for a really not topical uh, athlete <laughs> reference, which gives you an indication of how up to date I am with things. But you yeah, it really more... put a, it really put say. a pep in my step. It was a really like it's a really upbeat record. And when Give Him Hell came on, like I was really like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> you have more in common with Paula Radcliffe than Mo Farah, but <laughs> a slightly outdated record uh, reference. Um, but yeah. Very good record. Very fun to listen to. Really, really glad we we decided to listen to this one. Um, yeah, that's all from me as well. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to listening again. Um, glad Anti Flag is still making good music thirty odd years down the line. Yeah, and I think there's this the final thing I do just want to say is like this whole thing of political music is a real like dividing line. There are some people who are like there's no play some politics in music or just like politics often spoils the quality of music blah, blah, blah. and I think it's important that there are bands making political music and I, I, and yeah like fair play to them I think it's great that a record this sort of urgent and important is being made yeah. now by a band who could quite easily have sort of quietened things down so yeah 
put make make some time and time and space for this in your listening schedules give it a whirl even if you're thinking God, i don't want to listen to a bunch of angry american punks singing about this listen to it it's brilliant i will also say like for people listening and like i don't like punk music this is not your like sex pistols distorted shouty punk this is this is very musically and and vocally enjoyable like like just give one track a listen so you don't just go into it thinking it's going to be like oi punk or shout punk or something like that where it's just people going at you while no one knows how to tune their guitars or basses and the drummer's off his tits on coke just blasting stuff out like this is this is good music it's punk is the uh is not what you should take from this as like what you imagine as 70s punk because i can already imagine like people being like well i'm not listening to punk music never mind the bollocks is one of my favorite records and that is a hill that i will die on but your your point still stands this is this this is melodic and and thoughtful and yeah 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 oh yeah like i i enjoy like the punk music that i've actually just disparaged quite heavily like i do enjoy that sort of music but for like like i'm thinking of like people like jesse and stuff that if i said oh i'm gonna put a punk record on would be like oh i don't want to listen to this actually jesse came in while i was listening to this and was like that sounds like a good album is that the one you're talking about and i was like yeah it is um Yeah, so definitely, definitely give this a listen. And then if you like it, you've got 13 or 12 other anti-flag records to go back and explore. Um, But yeah, that's all from me. Um, I say if you've got to this point in the podcast, thank you very much for listening. Um, Please do go and subscribe to the the show on your podcast platform of choice. Um, For most people, that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And would appreciate if you could download the episodes, listen to the episodes, leave reviews, leave ratings, share them with your friends, all those little things that help get the podcast out there so other people can experience me and will rant about bands. Yeah, absolutely. And Sean, thanks as ever for putting up with me and taking the time to sit down and chat about music. It is as all, it has been as always a joy. Yeah.